Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. I'm your host, Olivia Gibbs, and this week we have a special edition of Voices of UCM. The Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies Department is hosting a Me Too Speak Out on campus, and here to discuss it with me is Tad Miller. As a content warning, Tad and I get into some hard topics in this interview that can be triggering for some listeners. If you or someone you know have been personally affected by some of the topics discussed in this interview, consider joining the WGS Department at the Me Too Speak Out on April 12th or call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Ted, thank you for joining me. Um, first, I want to talk about the WGS program at UCM and your involvement in it. Um, in your own words, what is the WGS department? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, I love the WGS department. I So I came in as a freshman or first year, and my first semester had heard about the WGS department, um, was really excited about it, and then took two classes in it my second semester here and absolutely fell in love. Um, the WGS department has one full-time staff member. It's Dr. Sarah Ray Rondo, who's absolutely lovely. Um, and while education is obviously huge, it's a big part of what we do, um, our education goes beyond the classroom, and that's what's really what makes, you know, WGS special. So what you said that you've been taking classes since your freshman year. What mm -hmm. year are you now? So this is my fourth year here. Um, but I'm also in the military and was actually deployed for COVID. Um, gotcha. So I'm going to be stuck here for another year. Well, thank you for your service. Absolutely. And welcome back to campus. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you've been taking classes for about four years or mm, yeah. so. What kind of classes are offered in the department? Oh, my goodness. So many classes. It's really cool because WGS is able to um, kind of double dip a little bit. So there's a lot of classes that aren't just WGS ones um, that you can take like in communications or in even like psychology that double as WGS classes. So we have our normal ones um, like Women's Voices is a good starter one, um, but then there's also a few other intro 2000 level in WGS classes that kind of go over the basics of like feminism, um, talks about like the LGBT plus community, um, diversity, inclusion, intersectional lenses, some of the basic things that go into WGS's like foundations, um, but because those foundations are just so like flat by themselves, you kind of have to get into some of the bigger stuff. So. We always have feminist and queer theory every spring, and that's the capstone. Um, but then we also have special classes that usually apply to some variation of diversity and inclusion. So we've had disability studies class, which is my favorite class that I've ever taken at UCM. Um, and then we partner with, again, some of the other classes. So like even as right. an ed major, some of the things that you wouldn't think apply to WGS still do and can double credit. So. Right. And you said you're an elementary Education major, yes. correct? Yeah, yeah. What kinds of things do you want to do with the minor in WGS in the future? Yeah, um, so I'm a queer non-binary individual. I use the and there's pronouns, um, and like I've always been queer. Um, so even when I was in elementary school, and that means that there's kids in elementary school right now too, who are in the same position I was in. 
Um, so I want to teach for a few years, but the end goal is to be a guidance counselor in an elementary school. I want to be able to have a position where I can continue to educate and be visible. Representation is really important, and that includes kids too. So I have my personal lens of being a queer non-binary individual, but with my WGS background too, I also have the academic and educational background as well. Right. I think you're fighting the good fight. Thanks. <laughs> Doing my best. Um, how often do you guys have events like the Me Too Speak Out on campus? So <laughs> that's a bit of a tricky question because there's different parts of WGS. I happen to be in all of them, um, nice. so I get to <laughs> do a lot. But we have the WGS Ambassadors, and that's a group of um WGS majors and minors who help host events like this. Um, but then there's also the WGS in internship, which is a new course this year, um, but it's another course you can take with WGS. Um, and our main goal is, one, to connect with other feminists and people who support the WGS progress. Um, and then plan this really cool event. Um, yeah. So, and then there's also different faculty things too. and. Generally, there's a lot of WGS things happening in some way or another with WGS involvement. Um, but we tend to do two big events, um, one in the spring and one in the fall. So in the fall, we had the self-care fair. Um, and it's this huge event where it happens in the fall where you can go and get your flu shot. You can get a bunch of things from the health center, the counseling center, parts all over campus come to help out and let kids and students, um, people on campus, um, self-care. What other seg or not segments, sorry. What yeah. other, I guess, like emphasis do they have in WGS or what other like segments, departments? I'm looking for the specific word, but it's not coming up. You're good. <laughs> uh, I think I might know what you're saying. Um, so campus is really diverse, right. um, which is amazing and beautiful. And we have a lot of really diverse parts of campus. Like I used to be the sailship CA um, for housing, which is do you know what the sales ship is? I don't. I would love to tell you about it. Please do. Um, so <laughs> I work for UCM Housing as well, um, and I'm a community advisor, which if you're not familiar with that, like in other universities, they call them RAs. Right. Um, but CAs, were in charge of the floor rerun programs, stuff like that. Um, and specific floors are called SHIPS. They're special housing interest programs. Um, and all the other ones are uh, either your math major or your a dance major, something like that. It's all major related. But the SAIL SHIP, SAIL stands for Safe and Inclusive Living. So it's specifically for people within the LGBT plus community um, to feel really safe. So I was the CA for that. And just that floor alone, WGS had huge involvement in it because it's one of the places that queer kids can't get support. Um, and that's where a lot of these other events come in, that they know that WGS is a safe place, an inclusive place, a diverse place, and want their support or their hand in something. Okay. I didn't know that, honestly, I didn't know that was a ship because yeah. I totally, like, I lived in Ellis, so there was, like, the aviation ship, I think, yes. when I was a freshman. Yeah, but yeah. I forgot that ships were even a thing after I moved <laughs> off campus. Yeah. Um, you said something about internships within the WGS program. Mm -hmm. What kind of internships are out there? So this internship is, it's called an internship, but it's um, it's still a class okay. that's happening here, but it's not normal classwork. Like my homework last night was to like write a conclusion for the Me Too Speak Out movement, or um, the Speak Out. So okay. the homework is different where it's not, we're learning something, it's we're doing something. Okay. We're like planning this thing, we're making it happen. Um, so the internship might look different in the future, but 
because this is the first semester that it's also existed. Um, but this semester, it's a lot of planning and figuring out how to do events. Right. Would you say that's more of like a practicum right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, once you started talking about it, I was like, that definitely sounds like a practicum. Yeah, it's <laughs> called internship, but more. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be discussing UCM's Me Too Speak Out. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at BelongingBeginsWithUs.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. We are currently on the air with Tad Miller, Ambassador of the Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies Department. Tad, for those who haven't heard of it before or may not be as educated on the topic, how would you describe the Me Too Speak Out? So the Me Too Speak Out is um, part of the Me Too movement. Um, the Me Too Speak Out, the one at UCM that's happening, is coming up, um, and it's a place for sexual assault survivors to come share their story um, if they feel or to be in the room to show support. Um, you can be a part of the Me Too movement and the Me Too Speak Out even if you're not a survivor. Um, but the main purpose of it is to give a platform to empower those who need to share their story, um, to say the names for the first time, to say it out loud for the first time, or if you're someone like me, say it for the hundredth time, but still makes a difference, you know. What other kinds of things can people do, or I guess what other kinds of events can happen as a part of the movement as a whole? Yeah, so the movement itself um, was started in 2006 by Tarana Burke, um, and she's a social activist and survivor, and the hashtag MeToo movement started. Um, so there's a lot of parts to it. There's speakouts that happen, um, like the one at UCM, but there's also things like when you hear a sexual or sorry sexual assault survivor share their story, you believe them. Um, you become aware of rape culture. You stand against it. Um, there's not necessarily movements, or not sorry. There's not necessarily events all the time that make you a part of the movement, um, but there are events like that too like the speak out in other campuses and other places. So. Okay. Um, so let's talk about UCM's specific Me Too event. How is that similar or different to other speak outs that happen? Mm -hmm. um, so I've only, I went to the speak out here at UCM a few years ago. Um, and then I've also been to a speak out event in St. Louis where I'm from. Um, and sometimes the platforms, are, or not the platforms, but the like, um, the structure is a little different. But really, it's a lot of the same feelings, and that's the important part. So the one that I went to in St. Louis, um, instead of just survivors speaking, it was also, um, well, I guess UCM is doing it like this this year, too. It's not just survivors who are speaking, but people who work with survivors. Our Title IX comes and talks sometimes. Um, I don't know if it is really that different because the thing that 
combines it all is the like overall feeling of like support, acceptance, empowerment. Empowerment's the big one. Um, but I don't know if it is that different. Like UCM is, you know, playing the the real game. Right. That takes away the next question I had. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how can people get involved in this Speak Out? So there's a few ways you can get involved in this Speak Out. First of all, please come. Um, <laughs> we Not only are we having this room that people get to speak at, but um, we also have resources available. Um, we are providing things like water bottles and tissues, so um, it's also a comforting space. Um, you can get involved by coming. You can also, if you are someone who is a survivor, you can speak at this too. Even if you haven't submitted a story and you just show up April 12th, please do, um, because there's an open mic event at the end as well. Um, so yeah, there's a few ways that you can, but the main one is show up. Right. How can survivors feel more confident and comfortable in sharing their stories? Hmm. I know that's kind of a hard question. That is a hard question, especially because, um, like, it shouldn't be up to their survivors to feel more comfortable, you know? Like, right. it's not up to survivors to decide if their place is safe anymore, if they can trust someone or not. It's really everybody else that it's up to. So instead of what can survivors do, I think what can we do to be more supportive of survivors is, one, again, believe the first time you hear it. Don't ask questions because a lot of times we see in the media and we see in the news, like someone comes forward and it's like, well, what were you wearing? Right. What What did you have to drink that night? And right. What were you doing? How were you acting? Things mm -hmm. like that. Yes. Um, and so avoiding that kind of language, that's a huge one. If you're somebody who maybe you don't have experience with sexual assault, I can assure you that somebody around you does, you know. So saying, like being careful about what you say, because if you're someone who does rape jokes or if you're someone who laughs at those, then you're not a safe person. You have immediately made that environment not comfortable for survivors to share and be confident who they are. So. What can participants expect to take away from this speak out? Hmm. So for participants, there's a few different people who are coming, you know, so there's some people who are speaking, some people who are supporting. Um, the last time I went, there were like herds of people who came with whoever was going to speak, and it was like these little fan clubs. It was, it was cute, it was sad. Um, you can take away a lot of, of things from this. Um, it's mostly gonna be up to you what you do take away though. Um, when you go, I mean, it's gonna be hard stuff, so massive trigger warnings all around. Mm -hmm. um, so be prepared for that. I, I don't know, I think when people ask what can you do or like what can you be prepared with it's really hard because sometimes you hear a story and it's somebody you had class with that it's about or someone who's speaking um, and then you have to deal with those emotions you have to deal with that or sometimes you leave and a story sounds really similar to something that you had happened to you but you weren't labeling it as that before um, but now maybe you should or maybe you feel like you need to so it's a lot. It's a lot that could be taken away from it. Um, but overall, healing, growth, empowerment, again. Are, are there resources on campus that you know of or within the WGS department to kind of help and work through those feelings or those realizations and things like that? Absolutely. There's a lot of places or a few places you could go on campus. My number one recommend 
our recommendation would probably be the counseling center first. They have some really, really great people working over there. Um, it's also completely confidential. You can also go to Title IX, especially if it's something that happen happened on campus. Um, they help with like the legal processes of it, um, but they might be more helpful when you feel like you want to come forward because they do have to do things about it or they write a report about it. Right. What was the motivation behind planning this event? I guess since it's recurring, bringing it back. Yeah. Um, uh, we live in a world with rape culture. Um, we live in a world where people do get sexually assaulted. And we also live in a world where not every day you can share that story. So we recognize that. We see that. We hear it and we believe it. And we want to offer that platform. Um, and then again, that's one of the like big stakes in the movement itself is like hosting these events too. How long, this is kind of like a complete tone shift, <laughs> how long does it take to plan an event like this? Hmm. It's a good question. It might be a little different. So I wasn't around when the first Me Too Speak Out happened here at UCM. Um, and I'm confident that the planning took a little longer then. But as far as the internship, because that's what we did, we day one, we started talking about the Me Too Speak Out. So since the start of the semester, um, Dr. Sarah Ray um, had the date and had the room reserved and said, we need everything else. So, I mean, yeah, about a whole semester. <laughs> I like how on top of it Dr. Rondo is. Right? Oh, they're amazing. Just <laughs> totally ready, like out of the gate. This is what we're going to do yes. on this day. Go ahead and plan it. And then they also advertise the internship to be like, and this is like our big thing will be the Me Too Speak Out. Um, and so everyone going into the internship knew. Um, but yeah, she had the bones and we kind of worked with it. Right. What is the internship going to be like after this, if you know? Um, we're definitely going to be talking about the impact it had on us because we get to work so closely, not only with the program itself, but like people who are giving their stories. Some of us are reading the stories if they want to remain anonymous. Um, so like it is just really woven into what we're doing right now. Um, and I've talked to a few of us too, and it's like in our outside lives as well. That I talk about the Me Too Speak Out every day at this point. Um, and so I think we're gonna keep talking about it, you know? Like mm -hmm. after the event happens, the sexual assault doesn't go away. Right. Um, survivors still need to be believed. Um, so I think we're gonna talk about Again, the impact, but like, what can we do next year? What can be better? Because we're always looking for improvements too. Right. I think if you are open to suggestions, I'm in Greek life and mm -hmm. that is a big, everybody knows that is a big, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Sexual assault happens yeah. in Greek life. Yeah. People know that. Um, oh, no. But I think advertising that to the Greek community Everybody has meetings on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. If you would be interested in going and being like, hey, we're having this event, if you would like to come speak or just listen, mm -hmm. things like that, I think you would get a pretty good turnout Yeah. Um, if you were to advertise to them. Okay, we are going to take one more break, and when we come back, we will discuss future plans for events in the WGS department. Saying to your friend, get a different face, and posting on the 
Know someone who's being bullied online? Send the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you're just tuning in, we are on the air with Tad Miller, ambassador of the Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies Department. Tad, does the WGS department have any other events currently in the works, either for the remainder of the school year or for next semester that you know of? Yeah, um, (laughs) so we have a few things that we're definitely promoting. A lot of WGS classes is actually offering a lot of extra credit right now. There's so many things happening on campus. Um, Angela Davis is coming to speak on the 5th, and while WGS doesn't have any, like, direct involvement in that. Angela Davis is this wonderful feminist, so of course we're, we're going to be there. Um, but the next one that's definitely planned is the self-care fair in fall. Um, that's an annual one, so I'll be looking forward to that. And do you want to talk a little bit more about what Angela Davis does? Yeah, so you can read about her, <laughs> um, but really she, She's a feminist activist, um, and it's just really special that she's coming to UCM. But again, it wasn't something that was through the WGS department. Um, we're just excited. Just to be excited. There. Yeah. <laughs> How has COVID changed the way events are planned, if at all, since masks are not enforced on campus anymore? Yeah. Um, so WGS has always been very, I would argue, even more conscious than the university about COVID um, because we know things like pandemics affect. Um, marginalized communities like queer people and people of color and other like um again just other marginalized people differently Mm -hmm. um and so originally we were going to say you had to wear masks um to come to the event but now that the university has dropped that policy we can't enforce that anymore um we're still going to encourage safety and social distancing and stuff like that um but Probably one of the big things is we didn't have this event for the last two years. Um, this is the third year, um, but we had to cancel the last two ones. So. Is this event going to be different outside of, like, COVID guidelines and things like that? Is this event going to be any different at all from the last two years? A little different. Um, we're not having as much food this time. We figured people didn't want to be eating as much during these conversations. So that's really one of the big differences. Um, We have one of the things that if you come, you're going to get like a little zine um, and there's some really cool artwork. There's some empowerment quotes. Um, There's also a list of resources and things like that as well. So that's a new addition to it, a bit of a visual aid. Is that something made by the WGS department? Yes, um, some of our interns, Kylie Dannett and Lucy Norman, they're working on that zine. Okay, that's cool. Right? Is that going to be, like, all their artwork and, like, stories and things like that? Or? Not, not just their artwork, some of their words, but they reached out to people all across campus. Um, so, again, this event is becoming more than just a WGS thing. We have the art department really involved in that part. Gotcha. What advice would you have for students either 
planning on attending this event or taking WGS classes in the future or anything like that? Um, come with an open mind. Be ready to learn. Um, be ready to have hard conversations. That's something that WGS taught me that I don't know if I had in any of my other classes. Like, hard conversations happen, but they are so important, you know. And WGS does that, and this week I will do it too. How do you facilitate those hard conversations? It's a skill. Um, <laughs> you got. I used to work with just freshmen, so it's a it's a skill. Um, I don't know. I think the best you can do is work on your listening skills because some of the hardest conversations are the ones that you talk the less in. Okay. Unfortunately, that is all of the time that we have for this week's episode. Tad, thank you again for joining me. The Me Too Speak Out will be held April 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. in Union 236. Don't forget to join me next week at the same time and place. I'm Olivia Gibbs, and this has been Voices of UCM. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.